0: Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast,
1: the Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Ray, and I'm very pleased to have... Tamara. With me today. So welcome to the Exploring Art Podcast.
0: Hi, my name is Tamara and I'm a senior at FIU.
1: And hi, like I said, my name is Ray. I'm a junior at FIU.
0: Okay, so before the podcast, we went ahead and did some research so we got some background information about the bat-eared mass from the region of nigeria and when we did our research what came back was that it was a tribal influence piece that used that was used to enforce correct to correct behavior so given the history of africa um i'm i'm either thinking that one would think hey if i don't follow the rules of the land or um just the rules of a period of the society that they're living in that they would then be punished and turned into that that aired mass lady (laughs) i don't know what to call her and then um Moving along, so apparently masks are used in Nigeria and Africa overall, but in Nigeria for spiritual reasons and religious reasons as well. Mboki is within Nigeria. It's very close to Cameroon. Cameroon, Mboki shares, um, I believe they share a river. Don't call me on this believe they share a river that um that connects them
1: they do. they do i learned that in my research too
0: okay yeah so they should they shared a-, a river that connects the two and they are the the geographics of their land is basically pure land so they're able to farm and they only came about in 1991 This is not surprising because there's a lot of tribes in Africa and villages in Africa where the people move around often because after using the land to grow crops and things that they used to either sell for profit or survive off of like eating and providing for their family, they go ahead and search for more fertile land. So it's not a surprise that only came about in 1991, which makes it, what, like, 31 years old? Yeah, that's about 31 years old.
1: Now, what about the Ivory Coast?
0: Okay, so for the Ivory Coast, the Ivory Coast still exists today, actually. The Ivory Coast still exists today. It was used to call on animal spirits. It's a mass. It was used to call on animal spirits. Um, it was used in rituals as well. It was used to call and wake up the dead for sometimes holding ceremonies. Um, it was
1: they had a lot of different, a lot of different uses for it I think.
0: Yeah. But mainly spiritual reasons.
1: As opposed to the other one that was more, like, social.
0: Right, right. So the other one, it was more social and more of a tradition. I want to say more traditional because you know how you have morals within your family. Like,
1: Mm -hmm. um,
0: don't do such and such because such and such will happen, you Mm -hmm. know? So I feel like the first one was more traditional or, like, a myth. More say, um, and the <laughs> what's this one called? Which one? The Ivory Coast. Right. Sorry. <laughs> the Ivory Coast. That one is more of a spiritual thing, you know. And then the Cowrie, the Cowrie shells, Cowrie shells, Kauri Col- shells. Col- the cowrie shells, they're associated with wealth, fertility, fertility, and protection. Yeah. So...
1: Did you already know something about it before we started researching it? Did you know anything about cowrie shells?
0: Yeah, I knew that it was associated with fertility. Um, but when I did some research, some further research, I didn't notice until it was until i read it that the the shells actually shaped like a woman's vulva
1: yeah maybe that's that's why they're simple fertility you know yeah yeah
0: so i found that pretty interesting um they come from west africa and they're infamously used by the yoruba people gotcha
1: gotcha yeah um, I pretty much got the, you know, found that same, similar information when I was doing my research on it. So let's go ahead and jump right in to our case study. So during the summer of 1986, the Center of African Art in New York City mounted an exhibition of objects, which included a bat-eared mass from the Boki region of Nigeria. Looking at the mask, one was immediately aware of the gigantic leather ears, the painted wooden head, and the scattered cowrie shells. Also in the exhibition was an Ivory Coast mask bearing high above the head, a figure of a weaver bird. The catalog, African aesthetics, the Carlo Monzini collection, explained that both masks had practical functions. The former was like a judge's gavel and robes. Government officials used it to enforce correct behaviors by intimidation. The latter was used to enforce correct behavior. By example, because the Weaver bird was prized for its industriousness and its exemplary social behavior. So it's preferable to view the objects. Um, well, I'm jumping ahead of myself there a little bit. So let let's ask <laughs> let's ask the question. Right? What is the question? Okay.
0: I'm sorry. Before we get to the questions, you see how it says that government officials used it to enforce correct behavior by intimidation. Yeah. See, that's what I was talking about—more traditional, where mm. um, one would think because the history of Africa and the history of, you know, people doing voodoo and stuff, one would think like, "Hey, if I don't abide by the rules, like if I don't abide by the law, um, then I'm gonna be this this bad person," mm. you
1: know? Yeah, and I feel, and I feel like it's less less of like the voodoo. Because like even that term, voodoo, like it's not an African concept. You know those are that's like external European right ideas about what's happening. I think that the Africans live such an They're animists. Traditional Africans are kind of they're animists. Like everything has a spirit: earth, air, fire, water, dirt. You know what I'm saying? So I. Right. I i agree with you when you're saying it's like the supernatural and the natural are kind of one so it's like let, let's right. follow the, these traditions so that we don't upset the cosmic balance you know what i mean right. and, and right. the mass definitely play a function in it. i agree so do you think um and this is our case study question do you think that it is preferable to view the objects first without knowing their function so as to perceive them quote unquote purely and then to read the catalog so as to view them a second time with knowledge of their functions? Or do you think that the first viewing should be an informed one and that's done so that you're ensured that you understand fully when you look at it the first time? What do you think?
0: So I think, um, I think it is preferable to view, the piece with knowledge because as we all heard the quote, um, and have possibly I don't know if you came across this as well, but art is in expression, right? Mm-hmm. Art is a way of communication. So, how can I communicate with you if you don't know the meaning behind my lally gag, my circles, or my triangles, or you know, you understand? Yeah, so yeah. I feel that you should know what you're going to look at um or have a little bit of knowledge of what you're going to look at what you're going to see if you ever been to the museum i actually lived in new york um practically my whole life mm-hmm. <laughs> so I- um huh? i can tell <laughs> yeah so um um the museums when you go to the museums you look at a piece and you don't really think to look at the meaning behind it. Read the little the little plaque that's yeah. at the bottom, you know? And then when the, the guide is trying to read it to you, you're moving on to the next piece, you mm. know? It's only a handful of people that actually stay back and listen to what the piece means. Everybody's just feeding off with their eyes. They're looking and it's, it's just beautiful to them in their eyes. But really what makes the art beautiful is the meaning behind it right yeah so i believe that you should have some type of knowledge because that's what makes it sacred um the meaning behind the art so if if i'm if i put out a piece and then i expect i expect people to look at it right but if people don't know the meaning behind it 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 doesn't bring value to it It doesn't it doesn't
1: value that's a, it
0: right yeah so i i feel like you should know some type of information some type of something before you go into it yeah before you go something
1: You know i kind of see both, i kind of see both sides to kind of, to speak on your point i do think that the deeper understanding that a person can glean from looking at something in the right context is super important because context is everything you know like a fork is just a fork unless you're trying to eat pasta you know what I'm saying but you know like that's a kind of a bad example but you know like the no, context matters the was it okay good the context, context matters. um and I don't, but but at the same time I don't think that it's necessary to it's necessary to be moved by a piece of art but to really understand it and put yourself in the shoes of the artist, that's an important piece to understand Understanding that background, that context. Like you can look at a piece, like you said, um, everybody's kind of operating off their eyes, generally. You're looking at the piece and you're like, okay, I like this. It, it invokes whatever emotion it invokes. Um, but you don't understand, you know what I mean? Like you don't understand. Um, like a good example of that, I feel like bringing it back is the cowrie shells. Like they just look, you know, they're just shells unless you know the context, that they're used as a form of currency. They're used in divination systems, you know, like they're a huge integral part of West African society. But if you didn't know that, they're just shells and they have pretty much no meaning to you.
0: Right. And um, a lot of people now is wearing full locks. Right, and then they'll add the the shells to them, mm-hmm. and with that's without knowledge, without knowing what it what it means. You know, they just thinks it looks nice. It just looks nice, but I don't really know the meaning of what I'm doing.
1: Right, right. You know,
0: and I feel like I feel like it's really important. And on the other hand, um, I kind of feel like everybody does have a unique eye to something. So, just because something means something to you as the artist doesn't mean it has to mean that to me Mm -hmm. you know but then as an artist too huh
1: and I I wouldn't be wrong for having an opinion of it Um, different than you even as the artist
0: right right your own perspective is never wrong but then as an artist it kind of like that's not what it means that's not what it means you know but I feel
1: like I feel like as a as an as an artist myself and I say that I say that not in like a, I'm not like a physical artist, but like, I'm a very artistic creative person. And I say, I feel that once an artist creates a piece of art and births it into the world, it's not yours anymore. It's kind of like having a kid, like, you know the kid didn't come from you it came through you it's its own separate entity you know what i'm saying it takes on a life of its own i think um, and i think there's a lot to be said for that i think it's one of the best parts of art to me um That's- but I, I wanted to touch on the other side a little bit too um because like when the the, the case study is asking is it preferable to view the object first without knowing um without knowing the function to view it quote unquote purely and I think that there's like a, a deeper inherent knowing that comes with art and like a kind of universal understanding you know like not understanding but like understanding you just kind of look right. at it and you just know you right. just um and
0: but then I'm sorry to cut you off I feel like that comes to from prior knowledge too as well like yeah. For instance, if I was to go somewhere and I was to see, um, shells, I know they're associated with fertility, right? Mm-hmm. And if I seen an art piece, depending on the vibe, depending on the environment, I'm gonna know specifically this art piece is either about fertility, um,
1: divination, just
0: right.
1: Background, yeah.
0: But but that's because I already have that knowledge. You know, so I feel like it kind of has to do with your prior knowledge as well, because it's like a circle, right? A circle usually represents um, unity, it's it's strong. You cannot break into a circle, you can't come out of a circle. Um, a, A circle is a woman's womb, a circle is the earth. You know, it has so many meanings. But that's because, and then when I if I was to look at an art piece and it has circles, I would know that it's 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 sending off a message of something strong, some type of unity, some type mm-hmm. of um I don't wanna say feminine energy. Yeah. But I mean unity. versus a
1: square versus a square, yeah. I, I see yeah.
0: what you you understand what I'm trying to say? Oh, definitely. So I believe it has to do with prior knowledge too. Um it's something else that you said that kind of triggered what I was gonna say. Um you mentioned that all right, it's gonna come back to me. Sorry. No problem. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: Um but yeah, that I mean, honestly, that that kind of wraps it up. We answered the question. Um, so I think we kinda I think we kind of both agree that in order to really take the full measure and really appreciate uh, a piece of art, a little bit of context is necessary. Not complete 100%, you don't have to know everything about the subject, but having that little bit of background could definitely be helpful in getting some meaning from the art. Definitely. So I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Thank you, Tamara. Thank you. Um, so this concludes exploring art podcast. Please subscribe to the Exploring Art podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening. Please join us soon and remember, stay curious. Bye.